Hello, welcome to $100 Plus Mileage, the podcast that highlights lesser-known bills in New Hampshire. It's called a citizen legislature in New Hampshire for a lot of reasons, and one of those is legislators are only paid $100 plus mileage for their time each year. No professional politicians here. Another reason it's called a citizen legislature is all of the opportunities for public input. So we're here in this podcast to give you unbiased facts on a New Hampshire bill and then tell you how to make your voice heard. I'm Mike Dunbar, content editor for Citizens Count. And I'm Anna Brown, director of research and analysis for Citizens Count. Today, I picked a topic that I'm actually surprised we haven't discussed yet on this podcast. It's one of those policy ideas I love to share with people because it doesn't have clear partisan sides, but it still gets a lot of strong opinions. Yeah, I was surprised too, because this idea has been kicking around the legislature for years now. The issue is, should electric vehicle owners pay a fee in lieu of the gas tax? Yep. President Biden may be touting tax breaks for electric cars, funding for highways and other transportation investments, but that won't address an underlying problem. New Hampshire relies on the gas tax to fund its transportation infrastructure, and those dollars are slowly dwindling. Let's break that down because we all know gas prices have gone up along with the prices for eggs, airfares, and all sorts of other products. There are two big reasons gas tax revenue is going down. First, the gas tax is fixed at just over 22 cents per gallon rather than a percentage of the price. So even if gas shoots up to $5 a gallon, the state still only gets that 22 cents. Second, consumers are purchasing more fuel-efficient vehicles, including plug-in hybrid and electric cars, so they're purchasing less gas overall. For over a decade, the New Hampshire Department of Transportation has warned legislators that the gas tax is not providing sustainable funding for our highways, roads, and bridges. Legislators, in turn, have considered many alternatives, from a toll surcharge for electric vehicles to an annual road usage fee based on a driver's annual mileage and or a vehicle's miles per gallon. Each of these proposals has had supporters from both parties, but never enough to pass both the House and Senate. This year, momentum is gathering around a Senate bill, SB191. That bill would establish a flat $100 annual fee for electric and plug-in hybrid electric vehicles paid as a surcharge on annual registration. SB191 passed the Senate on a voice vote, indicating broad support, and now moves to the House of Representatives. The Department of Transportation estimates SB191 would generate around $800,000 in new revenue for New Hampshire to spend on roads, highways, bridges, or other transportation projects each year. To put that number in context, budget writers expect the gas tax to generate around $125 million a year over the next couple of years. So not nothing, but also we're not about to revolutionize our road funding system here. Not yet, anyway, but if everyone transitions to electric vehicles in the long term, the revenue would grow. Supporters of SB191 argue the bill will benefit all New Hampshire drivers by providing this new, more sustainable funding source for roads. At the public hearing for SB191, many speakers argue that it's time for electric vehicle owners to pay their quote-unquote fair share of road maintenance since they don't contribute through the gas tax. SB191 also says the Department of Transportation could spend up to 20% of the revenue from this new fee on electric vehicle service equipment. That's important because New Hampshire has far fewer electric vehicle charging stations than neighboring Maine, Massachusetts, and Vermont. So if you own an electric car, you probably don't want to pay $100 extra a year. I mean, who does? But you'd help yourself out next time you're looking for a charging station on your way to the mountains. Let's remember, though, that the New Hampshire Department of Transportation is already expecting a large chunk of change from the federal government over the next few years, including millions for electric vehicle service equipment in particular. 
While SB 191 sailed through the New Hampshire Senate, there may be skeptics in the House of Representatives. Some Democrats have opposed similar proposals in the past because they don't want to discourage electric vehicle purchases with a new fee. Republicans have also voted against similar bills because they are skeptical of any new taxes or fees. They argue once you open a door to a new tax, you don't know how far it may go. The next step for SB 191 is a public hearing in the House of Representatives. The date is not yet set as of this recording, but you can get your testimony or email ready or go ahead and reach out to your legislators. If you have an opinion on SB 191, you can find who represents you at citizenscount.org elected officials, or just click elected officials in the navigation bar. Our website will also show the next public hearing date for SB 191 when it is scheduled. And we have tutorials on how to share your opinion. Check out citizenscount.org how dash two or just click Advocacy Toolkit in our navigation bar. All right, shameless plugs aside, that brings us to our usual closing segment only in New Hampshire. Anna, what have you got for us? This was a really interesting deep dive for me, and I will admit maybe it wasn't only New Hampshire because I didn't research other states, but for several decades in our state's very early history, so starting in the 1700s, it was common practice for the town to collect taxes to pay a minister and for a church or other meeting house. And at first, the tax dollars went by default to congregationalism, basically the Puritan faith. And then eventually, each town select board was able to choose the domination that would get its tax dollars, for example, Baptist maybe. An individual could file for an exemption if they could prove they were supporting some other minister in a different denomination, but that didn't always fly, and there wasn't an option to simply not pay for a religion. So that changed significantly in 1819 when the state passed a law ending this religious tax. Towns could still vote to collect local taxes for their meeting houses, however, and the law grandfathered in tax support for existing ministers until they retired. So I have every now and then seen strange references in our law talking about these sorts of taxes. And I was very confused because I I was like, were churches able to levy taxes? And the short answer is yes. Churches were (laughs) totally getting tax dollars and setting tax rates, it seems. Wow. That is kind of shocking by today's standards. Uh, And it kind of puts into perspective, you know, today we're with the education freedom accounts, you know, and things like that. We're so concerned that even in a sort of roundabout way, like a religious institution could be benefiting from tax dollars. And that was that was just out in the open. Yeah, no, it was the complete opposite of what we have now, for sure. <laughs> and the other interesting thing it made me think of is there was a bill a few years ago recently, I'd, I'd have to look it up, but it was looking at requiring philosophy classes in schools in New Hampshire. And when I first saw it, I was thinking, oh, yep, you know, another there's, there's always bills to require any sort of thing in schools that people want to get taught. But it was a really interesting argument the legislator presented at the time, which was that we have this huge decline in people identifying with any faith. And so we now need to ensure that children are being brought up with some sort of moral compass. And it doesn't have to be religion, but it needs to be like, okay, philosophy. Like we need to have some reasoning for these kids to understand what's right and wrong just besides don't do that and it's against the law. So yeah, I think that that was maybe part, I'd have to go back and ask some of the colonists, but maybe that was partly why they were fine with their tax dollars going to pay for a minister because they were like, well, you know, we need to have an ethical society and can't just have you know people running around doing something or not doing something for no reason. So yeah, I mean, it definitely is one of those existential questions about how do we craft a good society as a team? Truly. Because sometimes it feels like we fail. (laughs) 
Well, that's what we're here to talk about at Citizens Count uh, and $100 plus mileage. But that wraps this episode up. You can find more information, though, and episodes at citizenscount.org. We'd like to thank Franklin Pierce University for producing and the Grand State News Collaborative for hosting. Our theme music is composed by me, Mike Dunbar. Lastly, we thank you for giving us a listen and thinking about how you can be part of what makes New Hampshire by the people for the people.